Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by a member of TDT, James Key. You know, it's really just Canadian attire. It doesn't belong specifically to them. It's not, they don't own, I was going to say plaid flannel. Which one is it? I don't know. And I'm not wearing suspenders. It does look very TDT, though. I mean, I own a very similar shirt. So I'm not like I'm making fun or anything. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm trying to set the stage here. What my beard's James not long looks enough. Like. My hair might be long enough now. But with your beard, my hair, we can make it work. We could probably, yeah, merge together to be some sort of... Uh, we could be TDT Volume 2. The English-speaking version. <laughs> the English version? Yeah, I guess we would be... Uh, fuck the team. It's very clever. Right. Yeah, and uh, we're also joined by the clever one himself, Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. I have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about, to be honest. <laughs> um, Maddie actually is in first place in our fantasy football league. That's why he's the clever one. Yeah. After after we just spent pre-show two minutes of Dustin here telling me my shitty roster. Listen. If you had to deal with what I've had to deal with this season, you might be in uh, seventh place as well. Okay. Just saying. Well, I, I, I don't know. Jim's lost like all the, all the, the talk of, Oh, you have this many tight ends. You have this, you have that. It's kind of worked out a little bit. You I'm still ahead of him in the standings. Yeah. Yeah. I also week, had Cooper cup, not play half the season and he's injured again. And Aaron uh-huh. Rodgers went down with four snaps in. Yeah, that's 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 how it works. Yep. Yeah. Listen, okay, you know what? Fantasy football, the one thing that is true about fantasy football is that it hates you. It doesn't <laughs> matter how much you like fantasy football. Fantasy football hates you. And you oh, may be on me. top of the world one week, but the next week it's gonna come for you. Oh, yeah. it loves me because the dude I was playing this week, he started the season like four, five, and oh, and then lost like six straight games and not happy. So it was pretty funny because you're talking a lot of shit and he's riding on the back of Christian McCaffrey. And now that dude's come down a little bit to earth. And oh, how the tables have turned. Also, Calvin Ridley put up a game for me. So that's what bothers me. You know, like when it's when it's a guy like Calvin Ridley, you're like, really? But like, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know there was like early in the season when Ridley had a good game and it was everyone's like, OK, maybe there's something happening here. Literally the first game of the season, Ridley had and then like he went 16 to sleep points for so like eight weeks. Right. And then like a month went by and didn't do anything again. And everyone's like, oh, okay, well, he had one good game. And then another like month and a half went by and he didn't do anything. Oh, you want and to talk about he, not doing anything? Why we talk well quickly, why don't we talk about my parlay from the weekend? Oh boy. Oh, me too. Hey, we all had one of those this week, didn't we? Yeah. Mine mine was triggering because while Jim's was he just needed Addison to get a touchdown. I just needed the fucking Vikings to win. But no, they had to lose by a point. Dude. However, mine was Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown scorer. Check. Bango bingo. Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown scorer. Bango bingo. The Seahawks to cover. They covered by half a point. The Vikings... I think it was, did I pick the Vikings? I forget who it was to cover. Somebody else I picked to cover. And it was by half a point. And though the Bucks, the Bucks and the 49ers, 
picked them to cover, and they covered by half a point. And then all I needed... I have your ticket in front of me. You had the Bucks. You had McCaffrey. Got that. Got those two. Kelsey. Kelsey and Jalen. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks to cover. Yep. Cortland Sutton, anytime touchdown. Yes, that was the other one. Who got in the last, like one of the last plays. And here's the kicker, okay? Josh Dobbs mm-hmm. is the most selfish player in the NFL. Okay? He throws all these passes to some random jabroni named Josh Oliver. I don't even know. Dude, like Josh. Who? Josh Oliver. I think, who is. Th- I, I think he's a jeweler. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's definitely this a scam guy. artist because he stole a touchdown from me. And Jordan Addison, because if Jordan Addison scored a touchdown, I would have been almost $2,000 richer. But instead, I'm here lamenting another parlay that came one leg short. Terry Fox of parlays. I would have been $1,000 richer because that would have won them the game. Right? We would have both hit. Which one did you miss? What leg did you miss? Oh, mine actually was... Oh, Oh, sorry, Maddie. Yeah. You're the Vikings that Maddie missed, and I, I don't remember what mine was exactly. It was one of those stupid tickets where I took like six different people to score a touchdown, like, and I think I hit like four out of the six. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, so I wasn't as close as you guys were. Like, you guys were a lot sweating a lot more than I was. But still, man, when one of those hit, like, it's, one it's one thousands of, like, of dollars. And it, and it pays for all the times you didn't do it. Oh, and more like I don't usually bet more than like five, ten bucks every Same. week. But so like even over the course of the season, if you lose every single week for 18 weeks, that's like 180 bucks. It's like whatever. But if you hit two grand, like that's paying for your degeneracy for the next 10 years. <laughs> I just want to be that it's guy. crazy to think about. that. <laughs> you get if you right? all you need to win is once and you get to be a loser for a decade. <laughs> like yep. that's well. I just want I mean, to be the guy. That, a lot of sports teams look at things like, hey, we just win that one championship and then we can be losers <laughs> for the next similar. decade. Very similar. That's going to be the Raptors. But I just want to be the dude who does like the 14, 15, 20 leg parlay for 25 cents and pays out like 40 grand. Dude, speaking of the Raptors, real quick, man. Crafters. I watched that playing game it's or so, in-season tournament. Those courts so are right. fucking atrocious. How? Okay, wait a minute. Wait. How wait, can wait, you wait, watch... A game. My buddy was there and he said, Yeah, in person, it's just terrible. Dude, I was also there and I can tell you it's significantly better in person than it is on television, at least for the Raptors. For the Raptors. Um, yeah, because it's not fluorescent. The gray and black looks way better than some of these other teams in the like NBA. Like bright red and blue and. Yeah. So I know I was critical earlier when we first saw them and I was like, ooh, this gray and black looks like shit and I'd rather have these nice colorful ones. No, the colorful ones are so loud. No, the colorful ones are so loud, but still, they're all garbage. The only thing I found redeeming actually was number one, Drake on commentary, half in the bag, talking about tequila shots was hilarious. Um, And I actually don't mind those jerseys. Once I saw them playing in them, they look better in game than they did in Dennis Schroeder's photos and kind of like as it, it doesn't look good on a retail site, but in game, like in, in doesn't look good in theory, looks good in practice. And I actually didn't mind. Yeah. That. So 
I think the part that didn't come out clearly was like the sides that are black that right. add to it. Um, that said, I still think it looks like a Dijon mustard bottle, but I agree that in person when I when I see them in action, like it does look better than what I thought it would have. The real test is, am I going to buy one? And the answer is still no. Um, I might. Have there was a while there. Well, sure. But there was a while there where I was buying every city jersey. Like I have I have a bunch of different ones. And I didn't buy last year's. I think mainly because it's gone to the point where I'm like, okay, what what fucking player am I gonna get on this jersey? Like I have a bunch of Van Vliet jerseys, I have I have a ton of Lowry jerseys. Dick. I, have, <laughs> I mean, so I don't want a Grady Dick jersey. And that's the problem. At least in terms of merchandising for the Raptors right now, it's like you don't have that. Scar like Scotty Barnes, sure, but he's still not that in terms of like a, a huge NBA star. Not that Van Vliet was a star, but Van Vliet was just around for a long time. I guess what I'm saying is like we're far enough away from the NBA championship team. Like the only guys that are left from that team is OG and Pascal, and neither of those guys are gonna be remembered as key parts of that team. OG maybe from a defensive perspective, but like the guys you remember from that team are Kawhi and Danny and Kyle. And Marcus um, Gasol and Abaka. Surge. Like these are the guys you remember from that team. Not Pascal and not OG. So, anyways, now that we're far enough away from that and we're in the middle of this rebuild, there isn't that guy that you can market Dude. right now. So and we talk, we say rebuild. And I know we're kind of like we're not in the formal agenda here, but the the game the Raptors played against the Celtics, man, mad respect to the they dude, these guys play. Like the one thing I, I like about this Raptors team is they like they're dogs, dude. Like they don't give up. They're mo- it seems like they're buying into Darko Rakovic's system of sharing the ball. It's taking time because it's a new system. It's a half court, quick movement system. But guys are getting Jacob Perto looks. You know, I've actually enjoyed watching him play. Siakam's had some really Siakam put that one game on his back where they had no business winning. And he scored like twenty eight points. <laughs> the other teams was like three points. Um, I forget who they played that game. Was it the San Antonio game? Oh, geez, I don't remember. I can look it up in a second or two, but um, that's all good. Yeah, sure. But I just like I know we were talking early in the season. They actually look significantly more competitive than I th- I think we thought they would. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they they end up plus, like over five hundred this year the way they're playing. Like no, they got they got dummied by. Damian Lillard and the Bucks, but they also went toe to toe with the Celtics, who could be the best team in the league. Well, speaking of best in the league, one of the best players in the NHL right now—that's oh. William Nylander. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about regional blackouts in the NHL. We're going to talk about one of the best players in the OHL, Easton Cowan. We're going to talk about the best professional wrestling company in the world, the WWE, signing a new deal. That's very interesting. And, of course, the best football league in the world, the National Football League. They're week 11 and give you our picks for week 12. All that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which, of course, is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, I would like to hear about what's been going on over the past week with you guys. Um, I feel like, Maddie, you saw Captain Marvel. I did. Excuse I did me, the Marvels, not Captain Marvel. Yes, the Marvels. <clears throat> I did. So does that mean I'm kicking this one off this time? Okay. So yeah, absolutely. Why not? 
Okay. So yeah, I saw the Marvels. It was um, the 11 year date anniversary, as my wife put it, of like our first date, which funny little backstory. She thought on our first date, I was really trying to get out of there because my brother and a mutual friend, really good friend of ours, Dimitri, were at, was it Royal? No, Survivor Series. They were at Survivor Series at the theater and they got me the ticket and I was supposed to go. And I was like, I'll go after I have a date to get to. And then, so I'm sitting there and they're texting me like, hey, so this match is done. This is what happened. Are you on your way? I was like, no, I'm kind of stuck. She thought I was checking my phone, like coming up with an excuse to try and get out. But I was actually delaying while they're sitting there watching. I did end up getting there for like the back half of the show. But uh, yeah, it was a Survivor Series 11 years ago. But um, yeah, saw the Marvels. We went. um, I have to say, legitimately, from end to end, might be the most enjoyable Marvel movie they've done in recent memory. Like, not, I don't mean in terms of like visual spectacle and like, oh my God, it's whatever. Just in terms of laughing and not really being like, oh, like, we're just turn your head off and enjoy the movie and not have to overthink it. And, like visually it was cool. The um the dialogue was cool. It wasn't two and a half hours. It was high and tight in an hour and forty-five minutes. It was nice. You know, I was laughing and giggling all the way through, as was my wife. And like it was funny. It was good. And it makes you realize that the whole reason that this movie's getting like the reviews and shit like that is because you have butt hurt white dudes who don't want to either see a female lead or people of color because they're like, my heroes are men with capes and are white they white as Captain male. America. Yeah, <laughs> they want jars of mail as their heroes. <laughs> so, yeah, no, like I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, I'm excited to see where it leads, especially with how it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, it's 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 I'm hyped. Uh, so did that. And then Sunday, I'll, I'll say this because I know Jim's probably like, fuck. But uh, we did family holiday photos on Sunday. Right? Like, because my dad, my dad is kind of a hard ass. Well, was with Jim and me growing up. Like, we could say something or do something. And he'd give us just this look of stop talking. <laughs> so, we, Yeah. Like, he wouldn't even say anything. He would just turn and give us a look and tilt the head back. And it was yeah, just like, the okay, look that says idiots. you're better than that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and he's always been like, well, why would we do that? Blah, blah, blah. So then now with the granddaughters, he's fucking soft as marshmallow, man. Like, stay unbelievably soft. Yeah. He is the stay puff man now. Not in size, just in texture. Um <laughs> <laughs> So he wanted to do holiday photos with everyone and family and stuff like that. And he did it. And like one of the shots he like absolutely demanded was just one shot of him with the two granddaughters. Like everyone get the fuck out and just him with those two. So yeah, we did that, got all dressed up, coordinated our outfits and did that and stuff. So no, it was cool. It was a, it was a good weekend. It was kind of busy, but we persevere. Here's a fun fact for you. Survivor Series in 2012 was november 18th 2012 so that adds up based on uh the day you went to see the movie it was from baker's uh yeah the baker's life field house in indianapolis indiana indiana sure 6500 people in attendance oof now do you want to hear this card because this i feel like 
6,500. I feel like that's probably underreported or like someone missed Hang like on. that. There's no, I'm going to like, was that Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton? It was not. I tried. <laughs> um, the first match on the card looks like it's a Survivor Series match. It's the team of yeah, it's a five on five Survivor Series elimination match. It doesn't tell me what the theme is here. It might be a SmackDown versus Raw bullshit thing, but it's Brodus Clay teaming with Justin Gabriel, Rey Mysterio, Sin Cara, and Tyson Kidd. And they defeated the prime time players, Darren Young, Titus O'Neil, Primo and Epico, and Lord Tensai. <laughs> that went that went 18 minutes 27 seconds you also had eve torres defeat caitlin in the uh divas championship match that went seven minutes antonio cesaro eve. defeated our truth in seven minutes for the u.s title sheamus over big show and then you had team ziggler alberto del rio damian sandow david otunga dolph ziggler and wade barrett my christ I remember against team foley uh brian danielson kane kofi kingston the miz randy orton and Mick Foley was in there for some reason as well. Like, on, uh, But the main event was uh, Punk versus Cena versus Ryback in a triple mm-hmm. threat. So I think you uh, made the right decision, Maddie. No, I got Punk there me. for the back half. But I missed the I'm just saying there's a world where you could have said, oh, I have this other thing going on in my life. You know and you would have probably netted out positive. Yeah, but you know what? The Watching those old... Um, pay-per-views in the theaters that was an experience like those were so cool do you remember when i used to crush the trivia yeah they would do giveaways for stuff before and he'd win every trivia i would win every fucking prize and he would shit talk all the other people like stand up and be like get it right and they'd be like all right well here's your prize and i think it was like the same dude running the trivia because he was always the one doing the pay-per-views and it got to the point he's like you again (laughs) he's just so annoyed embarrassing Remember when we used to do wrestling trivia downtown Toronto? Yeah, with uh, our buddy Don. And the team, a lot of times, was like me, you, and Brad. Mm -hmm. And we get the shit kicked out of us. Like, there would be like the questions were real hard. The questions were hard questions. Yes, they were. And fuck, like, it was embarrassing. Like, yeah, like getting our teeth kicked in so bad. But I think for me, at least, and I think everyone has this. There's like an era that's like a blank slate. Like, I don't fucking remember a thing that happens. Like, can you ask me something about like anything from 2003 to, I don't know, 2016? <laughs> like, I don't yeah, remember anything. I don't remember any of it. So, you know why? Because it was the advent of like, you know, it's the, that's when I think they flooded the roster, right? Like, it was just guy after guy after guy trying to find who would be like the next thing. And then they lost guys, right? Like they lost Eddie and they lost Benoit and things like things were just kind of always in disarray. I think a lot of it is also like a couple things. One back in the day, back in my day, um, you had Hulk Hogan as champion for, you know, four years or whatever. And then, you know, Bruno San Martino was champion for eight years. Everyone had like significantly long runs. You can kind of remember like, Oh yeah, I remember Hogan was champion from this year to this year or whatever. And but even then, like the big events, there's like four. Yeah. Right. It's like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. So they were they were benchmarks, right? But then like everything was a benchmark, and it also felt like they were feeding everybody to Cena, right? So like you have this laundry list of just guy next through Cena, and it felt very like a blur. And there's years there where they did like 
16 pay-per-views a year. It's like, here's a Raw pay-per-view and a SmackDown pay-per-view. Yeah. And a, Taboo Tuesday just, shit. Right. And it's just too much to keep up with. Anyways. James, what about your week? So I'm going to be short and sweet here. I'll just say that I try, I attempted to watch AEW Full Gear. Um, okay, that was on my list too. So, uh, the, oh, Fuck, man. Like, why, why, uh, why is this thing even a thing? Like, there are some things on that show that were incredible. Like, Swerve Strickland is a star. I don't like the amount of blood in that match between him mm-hmm. and Hangman. I like the angle where they were at an indie show and they fucking fought. That's cool. Um, like, Swerve was on the show and, like, Hangman came out of the crowd, which I thought was awesome. Like, that's... I mean, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it awesome for the people at that indie show or is it awesome for AEW? No, I think I think it's awesome as, like, a cool touch point that like connects the story because to me that makes sense if swerve's on that show and i fucking hate swerve i'm going to that show and i'm going to attack him like to me it kind of makes sense right towards the build for that match so right but you would have seen swerve like two days prior at rampage yeah for sure like yeah but this is where you least expect it right so it's different and i kind of did something that the new face should do is attack the heel when he's least expecting yes absolutely um the the one thing i well, not the one thing. The the whole fucking listen. MJF opens the. I don't like your fucking champion being on the pre-show or whatever in a in a Ring of Honor tag title match. Okay, then, but guy gets hurt, right? Not cleared. Then gets guy who had surgery, and nobody wants to stop this man. To to take his spot, right? Like then, guy who's gonna take his spot doesn't end up taking a spot and guy who's not cleared comes out and then beats guy who was formerly an IWGP champion in new Japan. Like none of it makes sense whatsoever. Yeah. When on Sunday morning, when we were driving to uh smash wrestling's high voltage, I think is what the name of that show was. Sweet name. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> the question came up of like, so what did you think of the show last night? And I was like, if you ignore all of the story that went into the main event, it was a good main event. But it's really hard to ignore that you have your world champion defending preliminary meaningless tag titles on your pre-show. And then he leaves because he got hurt. And let's say it's okay for someone else to defend the world championship for the world champion. With a We're just going to pretend angle. that's the thing that happens. Okay, so fine. We'll accept the fact that you can just give the belt to someone else to defend for you. And in doing so, you're giving it to someone. Which, wait, you did twice. fucking walk. You've done twice, though, on that show because Samoa Joe did it for Cole. Correct. So I guess there is precedent, right? So yes. fine. We're accepting the fact wait, that you're allowed you to do this. Did you say precedent? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Because precedent legal, is a legal, legal precedent. precedent. Right, but I, anyways, so we've seen this happen on the show. So it's accepted that this is the thing. So the guy who can't get medically cleared because he's in the hospital needs to give the belt to someone else to defend for him. So he gives it to a guy who's not medically cleared. <laughs> and everyone's fucking okay with that. Dude, it's so stupid that Brett Baker tweeted he tweeted the same thing I tweeted. I was, I was laughing. Like I said the exact same entrance. fucking thing. Where, the guy gets full entry. She said better than I did, but like I said something to the effect of like, 
I just saw no less than six motherfuckers try to prevent MJF to get to the ring to say, oh, no, you can't do that, brother. Meanwhile, Adam Cole standing on one fucking leg in the ring with crutches. And that's okay. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't it's make all, any goddamn sense. Dude, it I mean, makes nothing, no fucking sense. Nothing makes sense. Nothing matters in that whole fucking company. They're unifying titles for zero point. Like, they're New Japan Strong and the Ring of Honor title are now the Continental Champ. Like, whatever. They just they didn't want to throw Inter in front of it, so it's just the <laughs> so it's just the Continental. Yeah, so, that they're we'll gonna move have on because it's it's so it's, fucking dude. Again, yeah. it, what did it, have we said this on the show before? Those who have money don't know, and those who know don't have money, mm-hmm. and that is yep. that company to a T. And I think I used that same phrase when uh, Billy Corgan got in, well, Billy Corgan got. NWA thrown off CW before it even happened because of his mm. stupid cocaine angle. It's like, why? Like, why are there so many stupid people given these great opportunities? I don't understand. No idea. Um, but yeah, I watched the I watched the pay per view as well entirely. I think one of the things I said to Brad while I was watching the show was the the shitty thing about watching AEW live is that I don't get the opportunity to fast forward to Young Bucks matches. Um, it would be it'd be nice if I could still do that, but unfortunately, that doesn't exist in the world. Um, look. I understand that they were uh, instrumental in the creation of this company, and I'm glad this company exists. It's great that people have more places to work. But it comes a time where maybe the best show doesn't include these guys. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I, I think sometimes they need to say, okay, here's the card we're going with. Now let's get out a big eraser, and let's just scratch out all the shit we don't need on this show. Yeah. And, man, I would have a nice, tight two-hour show and it would be amazing. Because, yeah, Swerve and Hangman was great. Was it too bloody? Yes. Was it too violent? Yes. For my taste. they I kind of came around by the end of it. It was a very good match. I'm not gonna, like, it was a fantastic match. The emotional stakes just, were very high. Yeah. So I, I think that match was great. And the, again, the main event was good. If you ignore all the, the nonsense that went into it, I think Tony Storm was awesome. Uh, I think the latter match was stupid. I think the girls six, uh, the girls three way was significantly better than it had any uh, business being. That said, I'm not saying it was necessarily good or great or anything. I'm just saying it was it was better than I was expecting it going to be. And then you have you know, staying in there doing his thing. So, and then you know, I mean, Cassidy and John Moxley was what it was, and it's not something I'm going to care about. So, anyways, it was a typical AEW pay per view, and for the type of people who like that sort of thing, that's the sort of thing they're going to like. The sort of thing I like, though, is seeing William Nylander light up the NHL. That's the sort of thing I like. I like seeing William Nylander just being the absolute rock star that this team <laughs> so desperately needs. I like seeing Matt Sundin in the locker room <laughs> and inspiring a guy like Max Domi. That's what I like to see. I like to see the Maple Leafs going over to Sweden and getting two wins which I didn't expect them to do. Um, And it's going to sound mean, and I don't mean for it to sound mean. It sounds like (laughs) John Klingberg is headed to long-term major reserve, and that's something I like to see. Dude. (laughs) And listen. uh, The Leafs Leafs medical staff are full of pro wrestling bookers. They planted that seed a long time ago. Let me tell you something, okay? Let me talk to you. This is what's going to happen. John Klingberg is going to find himself on long-term injury reserve. He's going to end up on Robida Island. I think John Klingberg has probably played his last NHL game. Um, 
And that's not even hyperbole. Like if you hear like the quotes coming out from Sheldon Keefe of the injury update and they're like, I don't know when he's going to come back. And it sounds like Klingberg has no idea. Like it sounds like something is serious. And I don't, I don't, I have no idea what it is. And I'm not even suggesting the Maple Leafs knew what it was before they signed him. I hope they did. Like I hope they did their research and they understood exactly what they're getting into. He's apparently had this his entire career. It's just, it's got a lot worse very quickly. Right. My theory is, and I think we can all. They said, like, we'll take a flyer on this guy in worst case scenario. Right. Like, John, you, you feel you can still play? Come in here. Give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, take you your paid. four and a half million. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> ride off into the sunset. It's not a bad, like, dude, it's not a bad gig for John Klingberg. I would sign that any day. Well, think, think of it from his point of view. Other teams are probably not willing to take the flyer because they're like, we can't afford, afford to the do money. that. Yeah. But the least they're like, fuck it. Right. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. So that being said, John Klingberg, and again, I, this may not be happening, but I think he is uh, headed for long-term injury reserve. If that is the case, I think all of a sudden you got some Patrick Kane money. Mm. Now I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We we talked. I don't know if we talked about it at length on the show, but like, where do you put Patrick Kane? I get it. You um, don't. <laughs> the, the the first line is is rolling. Nice works really well there with Matthews and Marner. The second line is Willie, incredible. It might the be the best line second line in the great. NHL right now. Mm-hmm. Arguably, it's their first line. The way yeah. William Melander has been playing, um, he is what, probably what one Bertuzzi, of the what Bertuzzi has brought to that line in terms of finally, in terms of dogged puck pursuit and like he he makes space for Tavares and Willie to create, right? Like arguably. You know, his his persistence in the corners on pucks allows those two to, to do what they do best, right? So Yeah. And then I what the, and then you're gonna put him on the third line? That third line's so good right now. No, I think I, I think what it does is is it avoids you 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 start getting into the Edmonton problem where you're thinking, well, we'll just score more than the other team. We know this team can score. If you can take that money and parlay that into a trade with, and by that saying like maybe give up a pick and a mid-level prospect to Calgary to get either Zadorov or Tanov, I think you're shoring up more and doing more big picture work than you are sexy pick. Do you know what I mean? Okay, but also consider... It seems as though Connor Timmons might be ready soon. Connor Timmons isn't your solution over Zadorov or Tanov, though. But Zadorov and Tanov is going to cost you. I'm just saying what I can see happening in the short term, you essentially flip Timmons and Klingberg of one comes off long-term in reserve, one goes back on, and you give Timmons a shot and see what he can do. Like, Lagerson has looked good, mm-hmm. right? And realistically speaking, Timmons should be further along in development than Lagason is. Benoit's looked good too. So he hasn't been out of place. That's for sure. You may have help coming internally that you don't need to go blow your load on a trade with Tanev or Zadorov that I know a lot of people have been talking about. And a lot of people are saying is, is likely obviously because of the Bradtree living connection and Calgary was just here. So I get that that was the narrative, I honestly think a week from now, we're going to forget that even happened. And we're going to be looking elsewhere for defensive help for this team. I I want to say, yes, that's an outlook. But the problem is, is okay, 
that doesn't that solves you short term or that solves you in season. But come playoff time, Connor Timmons barely saw the ice last season in the playoffs, and they did a few games with seven D men, and he barely saw the ice against Tampa. So I think that if you want to solve your problems defensively in a playoff style hockey game, it's not Connor Timmons. Like if if that's what you're waiting for, there's or if that's kind of the projection of optimism to be like, you know what, we got help coming with Connor Timmons and hopefully Lilligren comes back. I'll tell you this right now. A high ankle sprain coming back, guys take a year to feel normal skating on a a leg that just went through a high ankle sprain. And I just, I think Timmons is a band-aid where someone like Zadorov and Tanev help you more than just get by. They actively make you better. Do you think it's Tanev and Zadorov or do you think it's one or the other? I think that's probably the holdup. Like, to be honest, yeah. I think if it was just Zadorov, this would be done by now. He's right shot defenseman, hard enough to find. I mean, everyone's, uh, oh, we could use Justin Hall. Fuck you, man. If you watch that game, <laughs> if you watch that oh, game in Sweden. You got Bertuzzi, bullied by Bertuzzi. <laughs> Bertuzzi dummied that man for that goal. Um, you know, Zadorov's a right shot defenseman, young still, you know. To be fair, Tanev is also a right shot defenseman. Yeah. Well, you know, so Zadorov's left hand. Right? Yeah, Zadorov's left. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, Zadorov's left, but Zadorov has scoring touch, um, and he's mean, and he's yeah, he is one mean motherfucker. Tanev is more. He reminds me more of like the Geo type. He's very steady. He's a leader. He's tough as nails too, um, but I think it. He's just more of a uh, a very trustworthy, steadying presence on that blue line that has you know playoff experience both these guys have decent amount of playoff experience but in terms of patrick kane man like to be honest if i'm that guy i'm probably looking at places like florida dallas seems like a fit you know what i mean like those are the types of places where i see patrick kane landing i just i don't as much as it'd be kind of neat and i'm sure he'd love to play with you know, Austin Matthews, again, nice, wonderful one-timer goal the mm-hmm. other night, looking like a natural fit on that line, throwing the body and stuff, providing an extra element on that line. Again, the versatility of the Domi, Yarncroc, Robertson line is, is I think, way too beneficial. Like, it, it's multi-dimensional. Um, the fourth line okay. is, you know, could use some work, but... So so imagine this. What if you had like a Team USA line and look at it under the lens of and this is assuming this is assuming that Patrick Kane can still play. Like I know a lot of people are are talking about where he may sign and whatever. We haven't seen this guy in skates in a while. So I'm not even sure exactly what people are getting. What's left in the tank. Right. It's a fucking hip injury. Like yeah. it's not like it was he sprained his ankles, and again, sprained ankles can <laughs> fuck you up pretty good. But like that's a injury, sprained ankles. You come back from in a couple of weeks, right? Comparatively to you know to yeah. a fucking hip surgery, like that changes the way you walk, let alone skate. So we don't know what we're getting out of Patrick Kane. But let's say he comes back and he's exactly the same guy he always was. Think of the development of Matthew Nyes long term 
to play on a line with Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane. And you're like, well, where do you put Mitch Marner? You just bump Marner down, and it's Marner, Tavares, Nylander. Holy fuck, what a ridiculous line. And then you take Pertuzzi, you bump him on the third line. Sorry, Robertson. It's Pertuzzi, Yarncroak, and Domi. Holy fuck, what a crazy line. And sure, does it mean that Robertson is probably the odd man out? Yeah. But in a vacuum, you're going to tell me you'd rather have Robertson than uh, uh, assuming Kane is what he has been his entire career. I don't think you're saying you'd rather have Robertson right. than Kane. I also don't think... Because you have control over Robertson. You can dump him back to the Marlies. I also don't think you fix what ain't broken. And right now, this this lineup, as it is, is doing all the things that we expected them to do. They're playing physical. Going back to William Nylander off the top, dude, I've given I've given William Nylander more shit than a lot of people. To watch this guy... There, remember in the playoffs last year when he had a clear path to the net and he turned around? And we were like, what the fuck are you doing, Willie? <laughs> Go I'm to the net. He's scored, I think, three or four times on the move where he cuts to the net and he goes straight to the crease. He was in a scrum. If you had, if I had that on my 2023, 2024 bingo card, <laughs> I would, I would have thought it would never have been dabbed. That man was in a scrum and he grabbed somebody by the face. I did not think that was going to happen this year, this season at all. I've mm-hmm. actively seen him in corners winning puck battles. Now he's still not a 200 foot player, but he's a very effective 110 foot player, which is incredible. And it's what the end, to be honest on a second line, listen, you need a guy who's going to put the puck in the net and the dude shows up on talk shows in a tank. And he admits that he slept with a fan. Did he really? What? They did I didn't a, see that part. Okay. So they did a game where it's like, never have I, they did the never have I ever. Oh yeah. And so I like, didn't actually ever, I didn't watch the clip of him on the, the, the and he, they're like, they're like, uh, sent nudes and he took a sip and it's like slept with a fan and he took a sip this man. Yeah. But okay. That's different because like she could be a 10 out of 10 rocket and be like, I'm a Leafs fan and he bones her. Like never tell I, you that story about, uh, you boning I, a mitt. No, I mean, <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll reserve names to protect the innocent or the guilty, I guess in this case. Um, I had a, a friend that I used to work with who like knew that I was in wrestling. So he's like, hey, I have a friend who's female and he's like, she's really into this particular wrestler. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. It's like, how, how, does, how does she like meet him to like sleep? Bang with him? him? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can tell you what gym they're going to go to when they're in town, but she can just fucking DM him. He's a dude. Like, what do you, <laughs> what hey, else do you need to do? Let me ask your this. Right? Like, you, if she's an attractive woman, you're overthinking this. Just fucking DM the guy. And um, she did. And, like, minutes later, she had his hotel information and hotel room and where to go at what time. <laughs> so, yeah. it's. It, I mean, so I imagine it might have been a similar situation. I got, with I got a new like, one for that. Was... <laughs> also. That's long. Yeah, that's, that's very long. We're still here. <laughs> there we go. God damn. I was going to say, we also knew someone back in the day who used to foray with some of the New York Yankees um, when they came to town. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll just leave it at that because... They used, to work, they used to work at a shoe store in the Eaton Center. And yeah. I guess every time those teams were in town, they would go and walk the Eaton Center the Eaton and Center. the shoe store. 
and they were they would they would show us messages on our voicemail. This guy is like, "Hey, I'm in town." Yeah, yeah. So, like it, I, I actually I know the same with um the dude from Suits. I don't remember his fucking name. Um, which one? Mike Ross. I think is the guy. He, John uh, Patrick J. Adams. He's actually right. went to high school like the same high school my dad went to. That show was filmed here. Yes, and we used to see them all the time. I have no idea if this story is true or not, but like supposedly this girl he used to work with was like one of the girls that he was sleeping with while he was here. But again, I mean, I don't know if that's fucking true or not. Looking at the girl, I can believe it because she's really hot. But like, I don't know. If one of the biggest shows at the time when it was at its peak, and currently right now, it's the number one stream show on Netflix. So, so I guess what we're trying to say is that like, yeah, it's for these athletes or celebrities right. or whatever. I just think they it's have awesome. girls like this in every this guy. This guy's in a fucking tank top, just like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, I did so, it. So he, here's the thing, though. Also, too, I got to say, the dude is working over Madison Beer, and that's that's a God-tier I, move. I don't Ooh. even know what that is. Buddy, yeah. I'm going to show you. I'm going to – I'll send it in general for you. I'm just going to type in this person's name. I'm going to – Beer? B-E-E-R. Oh, okay. You're welcome. American singer-songwriter. Okay. I mean, death. sure, whatever. <laughs> okay, yeah, play it that casual. Stop yourself. Get over. No, I'm just saying. Like, so, what are you saying? Like, this is like someone connected to to Willie is what you're saying. Well, no. So, on that talk show, uh, the Swedish talk show, um, I guess they called her and he talked to her, like FaceTimed her on the show. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And so she, he was like, "Hey, uh, are you a hockey fan? Do you watch hockey?" She's like, "I have to be honest, I don't." And I just saw the clip, and he starts laughing. He's like, "Oh, come on!" And so, I mean. I'll say this. If that dude pulls that, that's the best thing for the NHL. Like that's their version of Kelsey and Swift because, you know, Nylander arguably right now is a bona fide like face of the NHL. Like if you were to do top 10 guys coming out of that global series right now, he would be up there. Dude, he was a fucking um, rock star over there. He couldn't go anywhere. He's the, probably dude. the face of Swedish hockey right now for sure. He was, we talked about on this show, like he was our choice for Prime Boy. Like yeah. when they said it was going to be a Maple Leaf, obviously Matthews was the obvious choice and that's what they end up going with. But we're like, no, man, it should be Willie. Yeah. And boy, should it have been Willie if. Oh, could you imagine if they announced that just before this global series and then he goes to Sweden and promotes Prime for them in Europe like that, like in Sweden? I just typed like, in Madison Beer on Spotify. She has 13 million monthly listeners. There you go. Dude, what's the T Swift equivalent? He's sixth in league scoring. Yeah. And he's not far back back from one. Jesus Christ. Taylor Swift has 109 million monthly listeners just on Spotify. And I think she's more, I think her audience is more inclined to listen to Apple Music, anyways. Yeah. So it's way more. But yeah. That's obscene. Willie is right now everything we thought and hoped he would be. Like in this snapshot of time. Um, and again, Jim and me have talked about this before. We were part of the crowd yelling at the TV when the Leafs drafted him over Nick Ritchie. And I was around oh, when, cherry bunch over here. Yeah, when Nick Kibrios suggested trading William Nylander for Nick Ritchie and Brandon Montour. I mean, Montour is a cool player, but would you one for one them right now? Absolutely not. No. So, I mean... Listen. I, like I, I'm glad I'm to be proven wrong. I'm going to give the man his flowers. He's been he's been absolutely incredible. They're my MVP. my wish now is that this man does not go to sleep. He does not become you know Patrick Line. <laughs> that's that's my hope. 
you know, this fucking guy. Do you guys do you see what happened with Line A? Yeah, bench. I know he's a healthy scratch tonight. Yeah, but what's <laughs> what's Two games funny? I saw this tweet that said he was going to donate a thousand dollars for every point he got towards mental health. Man has three points, and they were like, "This man really got the three points and checked out on charity." He just gave Ooh. up. But uh, yeah, I mean, what if like, dude, that's a guy like, fuck, man, that's a guy who needs to worry less about what he's wearing to the rink, <laughs> and you know, staying in the league, in the league, and that's that's. But that's what I hope doesn't happen to like i hope willie stays on this and understands what it takes and i also hope that it's not just the oh my god i'm a contract year i need to cash in like he's playing the way it takes to win and we know this because he's winning games for the maple leafs almost single-handedly he's taking over games i mean and again i don't want to take credit for the thought it's something that i heard and i was like you know what we have to we can be very cynical uh, as sports fans, especially as Toronto sports fans, and get into the whole, oh, because it's a contract year, but Brian Hayes on Overdrive brought up a good point. He was like, what if, you know, we we all know the stories about how much of a rink rat Willie is and how much of a gym rat Willie is and how the dude eats, sleeps, and breathes hockey and being in the gym and everything like that. But as they said, and this, I kind of thought about it and it made me check my cynicism a little bit. What if Willie's just, I'm fucking sick of losing. You know what I mean? Like, sure, we get in the playoffs. Sure, we do good. And we get there and, you know, first round or second round doesn't go well. And what if he's just finally in the mindset? He's like, you know what? People think that the contract's going to weigh on me. No. And he's like, I'm just sick of fucking losing. And he goes out there and he's just like, not not now. I'm done. I'm over this shit. Well, I, I, I just hope that was the mentality for the last half decade or more. Right. right? But well, no, but there's also moments of maturity, right? Like there's maybe that like, the past two years where losing again to Tampa in the first round and then beating Tampa in the first round and then the flame out in the second round, maybe that was the moment of maturity that all players or all athletes at some point have to go through. Yes. We wish it was sooner. Yes. We wish that they don't have to have those moments that they can just come in and be prepared and be mentally there already. But in saying that, would you rather him finally have that moment and be performing and be what he is now or just never get there? I'm just saying it's very convenient that he has a moment of illumination in a, in a contract no. year. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily it. I've been saying this forever of like, we've seen these guys play for so long, we forget how young they are. Yeah. Like and Willie's only like 26 or 27 still. He's 27 years old. And that's when you hit your athletic prime as an athlete for most sports, right? Like I know hockey tends to be skew a little younger because a lot of guys come right into the league now at age 18. And a lot of that probably has to do with Gary's hard cap. But yep. um, regardless, I guess what I'm trying to say is we've seen him on the Maple Leafs since 2014 or 2015, whatever it was. Which is crazy. It's been a long time. It's, it's insane. Years. And we saw him as an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old. He was a kid, right? Think of what you were doing when you were a kid, when you were 18, 19, 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're still. Not, you're not playing, uh, certainly. But you, you weren't playing <laughs> hockey at a high level. And now it looks like we're seeing a young man in William Nylander. We're seeing a man in Austin Matthews, in Mitch Marner. These guys have finally reached the point where they are adult men. And I think... 
we should judge them differently because of that. You can say the beginning of their career, they were kids and they were learning and there was steps along the way and give some credit to guys like Kyle Dubas, who had the foresight to say, I'm going to sign Joe Thornton to a contract for one year. And it's not because Joe Thornton's going to fucking help us score goals. It's because he's supposed to mentor guys like Willie and Austin and Mitch, etc. Same with Patrick Marlowe. The guy's fucking lived in his house. I don't know if Willie did, but I know uh, Mitch and uh, Austin did at one point. They're living with the motherfucker. Like, this is the reason why you do these things. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that now. I don't believe that he's going to have a significant regression next season because of that, because of like a contract year or whatever. What is interesting, though, and the NHL seriously needs to look into this for their next CBA. But if William Nylander does go this whole year without a new contract, he's not resigning here. In my opinion, I don't think he will because for no other reason than state sales taxes. The amount of money that he would make here, max, what is it, $11 million, $11.5 million? You you throw in the fucking Ontario taxes, this guy's taking home like $6 million a year. He'll if make he goes up for down, that on endorsements, though. Maybe, but that's variable. We don't know that. I'm just saying on paper, guaranteed income, if he goes and plays the Florida Panthers or Tampa Bay Lightning, he's getting a lot more than $11 million. In fact, he might get like nine or 10 of it. So... To say, listen, oh yeah, you'll get endorsement deals, great, or we'll sign you for extra amount of years because you signed with me, whatever. He can sign for less years and more money somewhere else in a lot easier market, and in some cases might be a better place to play like Tampa or Florida. So, yep, I think he enjoys the spotlight though. Like, I think he's one of those dudes where. Like for him, where other guys are like, I want that but can't handle it. He's just like, I like it. I'm cool, and I'm good with it. But back to your whole thing about the maturity moment and how we were discussing that. The one thing I would kind of weigh against the whole Nylander thing is he grew up in professional hockey atmosphere, so he should already know, and he should already have that mindset. Maybe that's why he's a rink rat. Maybe that's why he's a gym rat, and maybe the mental stuff came later. But I mean, you yeah. would think his dad, who's a pretty good hockey player. He had and, a Thornton and a Marlowe his entire life. It was Michael Nylander. Yeah. So, but to say again, you could also be like, well, that's your parent. How often do you listen to them? <laughs> you know, but I, 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 I would like to think that this is the moment of maturity for all those guys. I think this is a great moment to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. Interestingly enough, while the Maple Leafs were in Sweden, they weren't the only ones there, <laughs> even though that seems to be the entire... Uh, basis of our conversation was that the only one team went to Sweden, but there were three other teams that went to Sweden, Detroit, uh, 
I'm going to say Detroit Lions. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, the Minnesota, not the Vikings, the Minnesota Wild. Wild. <laughs> and the Ottawa Senators. There's no other good team in Ottawa, unless you're talking about Canadian football. Which, I mean, we can because the Great Cup just happened, but like, whatever. <laughs> I think that's like, whatever. It's the Great Cup, cool. Um, shout out to Montreal, though. Hey, you want, guys won the Great Cup. Cool. Good for you. However, those other teams did happen to play in Sweden. And let me tell you something. The NFL has been going to England and Germany all this season. Like I think they have played like three or four games there this year. And every Sunday at 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m., whatever it is, you turn to NFL Network, and there it is. Nationally broadcasted football game. Game happening in Europe. It's a big spectacle. Something the NFL is proud of. They want everyone to see. They even did that whole uh, the Pixar thing. The Toy Story game, yeah. Yeah, the so Toy Story cool. game was actually one of the England games. It was Jacksonville and whomever the fuck. I think it was, uh, I think it was Atlanta. Big deal about it. Not only is it nationally broadcasted game on NFL Network, nationally broadcasted on Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Just trying to find different ways for people to watch their game. Trying to expand their game, not just on television and on over-the-top platforms, but also internationally, playing the game in Germany, playing the game in England. Here comes the NHL. <laughs> They're going to play games in Sweden. We're going to bring the Maple Leafs. We're going to bring the Wild and the Senators, a bu- whole bunch of teams that have significant connections to the Swedish market. Matt Sundin, Boris Salming, some of the greatest uh, Swedish players to ever play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then there's Daniel Alfredson for the Ottawa Senators. Alf- Alfie's there behind the bench. Nick Lidstrom, probably the greatest, Dude. one of the greatest defensemen, period, in hockey history. Players, all time. Of all hockey players. Play for the Detroit, Detroit Red Wings, Dude, Swedish player. Those, the whole Zetterberg, Holmstrom. Zetterberg as well? Franzen. Like the Red yeah. Wings were littered with Swedish guys. Yeah, I sure were. And uh, if you wanted to watch that game of Detroit versus Ottawa, well, fuck you, says the NHL. The fuck you are? You want to watch why? this hockey game? That we're... Fuck them, that's why. You want to watch this hockey game that we're trying to promote and try to expand this game and try to bring to a broader audience? Fuck you, you will. No. You're going to. You're gonna watch darts on TSN. <laughs> darts. You're gonna watch one hundred and forty. Now, what I ended up doing was uh, matey. And when I and when I did that, the feed I was watching was NHL Network, which we don't have in Canada. So my assumption is what happened here. <laughs> Is That's that wild. it probably was a nationally broadcasted game in the U.S. on NHL Network if you have NHL Network, which I'm curious to know what the numbers are for people who actually have NHL Network. But your largest audience in Canada, at least in terms of per capita, or even the fact that there's a Canadian team playing the fucking game, was not allowed to watch the game. Not allowed to watch the game. Like that's crazy to me. As someone who's like involved in sports for most of my adult life, 
worked in professional wrestling trying to get people to watch a fucking show that no one wants to watch. <laughs> Could you imagine having a television contract that does not let your fans watch the game? I mean, I've seen a television contract where nobody watches it, but we let people. <laughs> There's that too, I guess. Uh, dude, it's it's actually embarrassing. Like the most the most unprofessional of a professional sports league. The most, like, it's just a joke. Like how how you don't have somebody organizing this to say, hey, listen, like I understand regional rights and stuff, but like we need to figure this out for this stretch of games or whatever, right? Like it's it's embarrassing. Like it's just it's flat out stupid, and I know I don't know if this is still on the the rundown or whatever, but this it even ties into their whole concept of a World Cup, right? Like they don't know how to they can't get out of their own way, right? They don't know how to grow their own game. It's like they don't want to. <laughs> it's like they want to be the the no girls allowed in the clubhouse, right? Like they just don't want to figure it out, or they just don't know how. Like, do you not have anybody, a staff member, anybody, a janitor, you know, walking by, sweeping the floor? You should probably show the games to the people who want to watch them. Like, you know what I mean? Right? As he's sweeping by the boardroom. What do you think is worse? Going all the way to Europe to have a regional game (laughs) that no one can watch or having the biggest game of the year on national television and having the the wrong team names written on the signage. What was that? Do you hear about this one? No. So after the game, after the CFL, the Grey Cup championship, whatever the fuck, the Montreal Alouettes won the game, and there was a player on Montreal who uh, was talking to the media entirely in French, so I imagine he's French-Canadian of some description. And the translation was written was like, yeah, the, the league wrote us off. They didn't want us to be here, essentially. Yeah. Um, all the signage around the building, nothing's in French. It's all in English. And he said like there were signs out front saying it was um, Winnipeg versus Toronto and not Winnipeg versus Montreal because they assumed that like, I don't know if they like, they printed these things weeks in advance and just assumed that Toronto was going to run over Montreal. And I'm like, that's, so I, I, I haven't seen the signs that say that, but like a, literally a player on the field said the signs out there say Toronto versus uh, Winnipeg. I mean, so, I, thought, I thought it was just like TSN broadcast said it and the signs out there had no French. So that was one of the complaints was that there was no French anywhere. Um, And the other complaint was that like there was, I don't know if it was signs or whatever it was, but he said he saw something out there. You could confuse that behavior with the NHL. And that's what's sad, right? Like (laughs) that is a, that is a league of, listen, I I, don't want, I'm going to guys, I'm I'm making a pact with myself (laughs) right here, right now, that next year I am going to attempt to watch the CFL regularly. I'm going to, because for all intents and purposes, I hear it's incredible football. No, <laughs> no. I will not. I'm going to do. Why. Okay, so this is what I suggest. If you want to get into CFL football, I suggest going down to BMO Field and watching the Argos. That's what I would suggest doing. If you're going to watch CFL on fucking TSN, you're going to hate your life. It's it's TSN, so you know it's going to be a second rate broadcast. It's going to be streamed in 720p. It's going to have just, you're going to have a bad time watching this thing on television. You'll have a great time going to a game live. So I think if you do want to be invested in Canadian football and get into it, I think you need to go live. Okay. 
So I'm going to circle it back to the NHL here. What's worse, having a team or a league of six, it's six, right? The CFL? Seven? I think it's seven. Seven cities? Which is also stupid, but. Yeah. Right? Seven cities that play in a league. Just get one more fucking city. Why do you have an odd number of teams? It's so weird. <laughs> or would you, or is, what's wor- or is it worse to have an international World Cup with less teams than that for a best <laughs> on best tournament? The CFL has almost double the amount of teams that the NHL wants to have for their World Cup. So if you haven't heard this news, and this isn't like, I can't say it's officially news because it's not, hasn't been announced. It's the rumor right now. It's what's being uh, talked about by people who supposedly know what's happening within the NHL. Oh, they've commented on it. That they are planning to do, and they're not going to call it a World Cup because obviously that would be ridiculous. But they're planning on doing a, a international best on best type tournament. And it's going to be Team Canada, Team USA, Team Finland, and Team Sweden. I think that was the four teams. Russia is not involved uh, for obvious geopolitical reasons. But did Czechia fall off the map? Germany. Did, did Germany just not exist anymore? Is it, well, Are we in the middle of World War II? Are well, we boycotting two, Germany as well? Two of your biggest stars in different mar- in Canadian markets being Drysaddle and Stutzla not going to be there. Slovakia, nothing anymore. Germany, David Pasternak's in Czechia. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> What's I happening? Wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a castaway team like there was last time. That's stupid too, though. <laughs> like, what are we? Appar- apparently, that- Gary Bettman was quoted like about those guys like playing or, or making the tournament for their countries. And you know what he said? Theoretically, that's important. As a practical matter, that may not be realistic. <laughs> We may need to think. We might get there over the time. We may have to evolve into a more inclusive World Cup. It's a work in progress. This is why it's. There's so many things that I can grab at and point to and say this is what angels in, in that phrase, right? Like just in that. Oh God. Theoretically, like the fact that there's what, a, what's pra- what's what's impractical about adding Czechia and Slovakia and Germany. Germany, yeah. What's in impractical? Austria. What's impractical about that? The fucking juniors does it every year. <laughs> like what? Is and thank you for mentioning the world juniors because that's where I want to circle to next. Easton Cowan has been on an absolute tear in the OHL. I don't know. I don't know if I've been paying attention to this. Obviously, Easton Cowan was a guy who uh, was in training camp for the Maple Leafs this year. There was talk of him potentially making the team, but there was no chance. There's too much of a logjam on this roster as it was. He got sent back down to junior, and he has just been ripping through junior. He's in the top 10 in scoring right now for the London Knights. He's played 16 games, has eight goals and 19 assists for 27 points. <laughs> um, not to mention, we the Leafs also have Fraser Minton, who got sent down later into junior uh, season. He, he played about six games or so for the Maple Leafs, maybe less. And he has, I think, six games and six, uh, six points in six games, uh, currently in the W. So, Mint is looking pretty good too. We are almost at the end of November, and you guys know what happens at the end of December. And I know we didn't really talk about it a whole lot last year because there was the controversy with Hockey Canada, and you know that's still kind of fucked up. <laughs> Not gonna lie, still kind of fucked up. 
What's going on with Hockey Canada? Yeah. And that aside, because I, there's been significant changes at Hockey Canada. I know we haven't covered it closely on the show since the scandal. There has been significant changes at Hockey Canada since. However, I don't know exactly to what um, extent and what difference it'll make. We'll have to see. But the tournament's still going to happen. The World Juniors Tournament uh, usually drops every Boxing Day, I believe. I always I always think of Boxing Day as Canada versus the USA. I don't know if they always do that on Boxing Day. Maybe they do it on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, whatever the case. I always feel like there's an awesome Canada-USA uh, game at some point during the holiday break. Regardless, the point is, the World Juniors is coming up. And last year, the Maple Leafs didn't have one fucking person go to the World Juniors. They didn't have one prospect. And I'm not even talking about Team Canada. <laughs> I mean, like, Team USA, Team Finland, Team Germany, like whatever. Nobody. This year, the Maple Leafs not only will likely have Fraser Minton involved in this tournament, they may have Easton Cowan as your top-line center in this upcoming tournament. Now, I know there's plenty of guys who are currently playing in the NHL who could go down, and we have no idea what the roster is going to look like right now. And I'm sure there's probably a bunch of guys that I'm not thinking of who might make the team that maybe are more deserving. Not what I'm getting at here. What I'm saying is, I don't know off the top of my head, and I try to look this up and I couldn't find an answer. Maybe you guys know off the top of your head. When was the last time the Maple Leafs had like a dominant top forward for Team Canada in the World Juniors? When I'm thinking Marner. World Juniors for Maple Leafs, Marner. Did Marner play for in the World Juniors? Yes, he did. Did he play did he? for the World Juniors? Hold on, let me rephrase this. Did he play in the World Juniors? After he was drafted by the Maple Leafs. He did. The very year he was drafted, he went back to junior for a year, played in London, and played in the juniors. All right. So aside from Mitch Marner, can you think <laughs> in recent After memory, Mitch Marner. <laughs> I guess what I'm driving at here. And that, even then, like that was a while ago, though. When Mitch Marner was probably drafted, what, in 2015? Seven years ago. Or six or seven years ago, because he was a year or two after Nylander. Yeah. So almost a decade ago. But even before Mitch Marner, like who was, who was the guy from the Maple Leafs Freddie to be the on those teams? Freddie, the Freddie Gauthier. Yeah, there was also the Justin Pogi year. Yep, um, and then I think there was a couple D men. Um, the greatest. I don't know if Morgan. I don't know if Morgan Riley did it. Morgan Riley he was might on the have. Team. Or Riley was hurt after he got drafted. Right, like he was hurt going into his draft year. Yeah, so, but I think he I think he'd still played in the juniors. I guess my point is I can tell you. Wendell Clark. That man the played. The point that I'm juniors. trying to make here <laughs> is that this is rare territory. It is. Compared to other teams, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> no one else has any opinions on that. Well, I thought Jim was continuing. Yeah, on I was as well, but no, I was just I was just pumping your tires because I think yeah, you're right. It is incredibly rare. Like other teams, um, historically have had. I mean, let's be honest. The Leafs have not had the strongest prospect cupboard over the last twenty years. Because for in a way, for good reason. Most of their prospects ended up on the team immediately, right? They're other high end prospects like Marner, Matthews, 
Nylander didn't spend that much time in the A. Like, it's it's been <clears throat> fairly uh, quick to the big club for a lot of these guys. So, well, here here's here's for reference. Remember, there's also Nazem Kadri, who's on the junior team. Oh yeah, Nazem was on there. Yep. Uh, I would also say you. For Canada, yes, you might, but internationally, with outside of Canada, Toronto's had a lot of guys, like a lot of players, especially on the Finland but, team. Well, yeah, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I was focusing mainly on Team Canada. Okay, so but yeah, no, there's always been like plenty of guys on Team Sweden, Team Finland, and sure. Here you go, uh, Morgan Riley, Travis Dermott. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, Nazem, but Nazem but, Kadri, so, Mitch Marner. But, but same with okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nazem Kadri. He played six games in the World Juniors. I'm curious, like, how many games do you need to win the... So, I guess my question is, 2010 World Juniors, did Canada win the gold in 2010? Yes, they did. Oh, no. Okay, well, Russia won okay. it in 2010. Mm. They won it in 2010. And... Mm. Let me see. This is the query I need to run. It's like, hey... Uh, I was going to say the... Chat GPT. The, yeah, hey, Chat GPT. Can you tell me... Um, Every Toronto Maple Leaf that got drafted and then played in the World Juniors, who then played for Team Canada, did they also go on to win a World Juniors championship? So, uh, Freddie Gauthier played twice. He won gold medal back-to-back years, 2014-2015. Well, that's not a great example of a player I'm looking for. (laughs) Uh, Travis Dermott, 2016. That's the year that they flamed out and looked really bad. That's the Marner the no i don't believe so he was in what the 2016 was tournament 2016 yeah martyr 2016 yeah so martyr played in 2016 um but yeah like in terms of matt hunwick 2004 matt hunwick but again i i could have been on that one of those 2004 2005 teams and won a gold medal like that i think it was it which team was it the 01 or 02 team no it'd be the 0405 team yeah, um, I think you're thinking of the year, like Crosby. The year the lockout happened, happened. and there's like a double cohort, right, of guys who should the be in the NHL, but they're they're not, right? Greatest junior team in history. I I will go down swinging with anybody who wants to argue that point. It is the single greatest junior hockey team in that tournament to ever ice, ever, 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 ever. You have Mike Richards, Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry, Sidney Crosby, like Jeff Carter, Jeff Carter. Um, I think you that have the, the list in front of you. Of that or off the top of your head. That's off the <laughs> top just of my curious. head. Um, sorry, was this a 2004 or the 2005 one? Was it in the US? Yes. The Grand Folks one or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, so you're looking at Bergeron, Ryan Getzlev, uh, Alex Ovechkin played for Russia. Yeah, Jeff Carter. Yeah, Danny the, Malkin played for the, Russia. Is the 05 Canada team and Dion Phaneuf, Shea Weber, Brent Seabrook, Andrew Ladd. Um, yeah, and that's the one where Dion Phaneuf beat the shit out of Ovechkin in the gold medal game. Or like the the semifinal game where he just hammered him all night and knocked him out of the game. It's crazy. If you look at this roster and then you look five years later at the Vancouver Olympics, it's like, yep, Bergeron was there. Getzlav was there. Carter was there. Cros- Crosby was there. Perry was there. Mike Richards was there. Like they were, it was the it was Olympic stupid. gold medal team five years before it happened. It's it crazy. was stupid, that team. But... 
Anyway, I think we've gotten way off the initial point that we were talking about. All I'm uh, saying is keep an eye on Easton Cowan and Fraser Minton. And when this tournament does happen a month from now, keep an eye on them. Because I would dude, I, when they drafted territory for this to happen for Maple Leafs fans. Right. And when they drafted Easton Cowan, I was like, who <laughs> did they make a mistake? Who? Like, was it the janitor? Like, did they did they get the wrong guy here? Did, did someone mess up with the sheet? But look at this kid, man. This kid's a fucking dog, dude. Like his his absolute tear in junior right now is is unreal. I think and he's it also sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was saying and he's doing it like I don't know, like it looks almost like I was gonna say effortless, but it actually looks the opposite. It looks like like he's uh, like unhinged. Like it's it's it makes you excited for the future. Like you don't want to think too far ahead, but you know? I would say it looks good on when people are like, oh, okay, well, if you know he's not going to stay, send him down and or send him back or whatever. But they kept him around. They kept him on the road trip up um, when they went away, even though I don't think he really played. But they kept him around. And I think it was just a good sign to be like, if you want to play in the NHL, this is what it takes. And instead of being like, all right, you're going. You know, he got to hang around guys like Austin Matthews, see their work ethic. He got to hang around guys like Nylander, see the work ethic, Tavares, all those guys and get an idea of what it takes and also to learn from uh, like on ice and like shit like that, that it's probably paying more than what people initially might have thought, you know, so yeah, good on him. I, I mean, and there's talk Fraser Minton might even be the captain of that team. So that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Now there's some rare territory there. <laughs> I don't know if there's been a Maple Leafs who've done that, but we can we can put a pin in that till um, a month from now when the World Juniors actually starts, and we can talk a bit more about it then. Something that did happen last week, though, the WWE announced a new partnership with the Big Twelve Conference, which I think is really cool, and I have never seen this before for uh, certainly not for wrestling, and. It's just another great way of introducing more people to this audience. Here's the press release uh, from the Big 12 Conference and WWE today. And, well, it's dated uh, November 16th, 2023. Today, the Big 12 Conference announced a collaboration with WWE, part of the TKO Group Holdings, for an upcoming 2023 Dr. Pepper Big 12 Football Championship on Sunday, December 2nd, held at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Through this partnership... The Big 12 and WWE will introduce a custom-made championship title belt. I love how they still call them title, even in the fucking press release. <laughs> uh, Big 12 w and WWE will introduce a custom-made championship title belt for this year's Big 12 Football Championship Most Outstanding Player, presented on field at the conclusion of the game by a WWE superstar. Additionally, a co-branded WWE X Big 12 logo will be featured throughout the venue and on the field. And throughout the week, there'll be like... WWE superstars at like other, you know, integrations and uh, activations and such. There's also like they're part of the coin toss as well. And there's going to be a collaboration of merchandise for the Big 12 championship on with WWE and whatever. Man, this is so fucking brilliant. Honestly, I'm very curious what this championship belt's going to look like. I hope, I really fucking hope it's not just going to be the, you know, the WWE title that has a side plate with big 12 on or something. <laughs> I hope they actually take the time to make this look like something different. But at the same time, I'm willing to bet it's just going to be a WWE logo. It's just a good business move for cross pollination. Right. And <laughs> to be honest, the WWE loves 
you know, collegiate football players who don't get drafted to end up at the performance center and Bingo. you know what I mean? Like that's a good way to, to establish a partnership from that perspective, right? You have, have your, your foot in the water. So it's neat, man. Um, I don't know. That's the kind of stuff like if I could pull off at work, like that's the kind of interesting kind of, you know, synergies you can find. I know Matt, Maddie hates the, the corporate buzzwords, Uh, (laughs) but that is definitely a a synergy. That would be, uh, let's, let's, let's take that one away and we'll, uh, we'll circle, we'll circle back. Yeah. We'll take that one offline. You guys are going to get punched in the face. (laughs) (laughs) But could you, could you imagine though? So say, uh, I don't know. On this football team, there's a, a player called Matty Key, and Matty Key gets the championship belt for the player of the game, or most outstanding player in the championship. And then, you know, didn't make it in the NFL. He goes on to NXT, and he can walk into with a title. <laughs> he can walk in with a belt. Say, hey, yeah. I'm the most outstanding, whatever the of the Big Twelve. It's something. Yeah. It definitely, it, it, you know, there's an inherent, you know, kind of story there. But again, I think it's just a, it's a really cool way. Like as WWE becomes more of a global company, like they're already global, but this is the kind of stuff like they never, like these are now like big time partnerships. Do you know what I mean? Like not just, Hey, this match is sponsored by Dr. Pepper. Like it's, it's not that it's like a full on integration, right? Um, and an over the Mountain Dew pitch black match. I didn't want to speak ill of the dead here, but like, yeah, I'm talking about the match. I'm not talking about anyone else. So that's kind of neat. I think, you know, this is the kind of stuff like the NHL, like if I was the NHL, I'd be looking to do this from the other perspective and finding people who are going to amplify my message. Right. Like that's like, who, who's going to lift me up? Like what partnerships can I work with to find somebody who's going to lift me up? Um, so, yeah, I would be looking at this as an example from that perspective. Yeah, it's probably something the NHL should look into doing for themselves um, in terms of, like, being the Big 12 and, like, piggybacking is, off what. There's, there's no foothold for, like, hockey in the NCAA the way there is for basketball or football. Well, right? I mean, they have the Frozen Four. It's not like it's, it doesn't exist. But, like, I mean, you got, like, six or seven teams that are known where you know in college football it's like 80 and college basketball there's like 75 or 60 right yeah this is a deeper conversation that i would love to get into one day but i always thought what what would be cool is if that there was some sort of collaboration with the ohl and whl the chl if there's some sort of collaboration with the chl and local colleges and universities so if you are going to play for, I don't know, the, I was going to say a Toronto based OHL team, but there isn't one. But let's say you're going to play for Mississauga, the uh, Steelheads. You have to also attend University of Toronto at Mississauga. And it forces the kids to get an education. Instead of telling them, okay, every year of OHL play, you get a year's worth of education paid for. Great. Once you're done playing hockey. But why don't we just, pair them with a uh, school right now, have them go to school right now and have the team associated with the school. Like everything, it would just, 
it would essentially create a similar system as to what we see with college football and college basketball in the United States. But in this case, we're just giving the kids the education now. I don't see what the problem is. Um, well, there's a lot of talk that like down the road that their CHO would like to potentially do like a series of you take the winner of either the Memorial Cup or something, and then they play the winner of the U.S. NCAA college like equivalent, and they do like a five game series. Um, they beat the shit out of. <laughs> NCAA well yeah that's the thing like the college players are not juniors right they're not high school kids no so you can still have your junior league right yeah. but like once you're done junior there should be a college equivalent of the chl i mean they do there is a lot of resourcing well not not enough but there is resourcing for them to continue on after some guys do end up going and to the US and get funded for whatever. But the thing is, though, is a lot of those guys end up going like going off and playing in Europe, going off, playing the ECHL, going off and, you know, playing in other leagues as well. Right. Right. But that's the same argument for soccer in this country. I know we're way off track. <laughs> we have a topic. But like when I was a kid and like I was never good enough to play so- like soccer at a professional level, but like everyone at my age who was playing soccer, you eventually got to the crossroads of, well, are you good enough to go to Europe? No, then it's time to quit. <laughs> so like, <laughs> because TFC yeah. didn't exist. MLS did not exist when I was growing up. There's so no academy. Having, yeah, like having these additional systems in this country will only help grow the game more than it ever has been before. So anyways, that's just what I would like to see with junior hockey and college hockey in this country, but that's uh, quite a ways away until they finally reach where football is in the United States. But speaking of football in the United States, the NFL had week 11 just conclude. We are recording a day later than normal. So we do actually know what happened on Monday night football, which is rare. Um, I do have good news though, in regards to week 11 of the NFL we told you last week, at least James told you last week, the 49ers over the Bucks, and that was correct. Maddie told you last week, the Lions over the Bears, and that brother, that was close. That, that, that was one sweating. got kind of scary at one point, but hey, the Lions pulled it out. And I told you, for the 11th consecutive week, I told you, Texans over Cardinals, and that was correct. That's right. 11 consecutive weeks, I've been right. I have not been wrong one single time this week, but more importantly, all three of us were right this week. Meaning you won your parlay if you're crazy enough, crazy enough to take our advice for any of this stuff, which you should not do. Uh, not sponsored by FanDuel. Please uh, reach out to us, FanDuel. <laughs> Please. However, <laughs> um, we're degenerates. You'll love us. We'll, quick, we'll quickly run through the NFL schedule of week 11. Anything you jumped can, out at you that you want to talk about? Can you, can you sponsor us in bet credit? Like, you, yeah. <laughs> Just give us like ten bucks a week each in bet credit, and that's enough. That's it. <laughs> like, that's a that's how that's how degenerate we are. Yeah. Fiends Turn, turning tricks on the corner for FanDuel credit. Yeah. Sucking dick for FanDuel credit. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen, and it's gonna be the the credits you get for non sports book betting. <laughs> like, we'll give you the ten dollars casino yeah. credit. Yeah, you gotta spin the fucking thing fifty times. Spin that wheel. Anyway. All right. 
Dustin. Week 11 kicked off on Thursday night. It was the Ravens against the Bengals. This was an ugly game. I hope no one actually watched oh, this boy. game. But uh, the headline here is that Joe Burrow ain't healthy, man. Like that, well, whatever it is, whether it's his... He should his, have been on the injury report. Yeah, his arm, his wrist, his thumb, whatever the hell it was, it prevented him from holding a football. <laughs> oh, um, that one was ugly. Ravens fortunately got the win. Lamar Jackson was limping out of this game too, and they lost them. It, Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews is presumably done for the season. With um, the, the was a high, was it an ankle sprain or whatever it was. Um, I don't remember. Exactly broken, broke it. Oh, okay, lovely. <laughs> um, it's broken. Um, it's broken. If you're a Mike Tyson, spinal, player. spinal. Um, with Joe, with the Joe Burrow thing, do we know if they're being docked a draft pick? I heard that might be a thing. It is possible for that to be the end result. I don't think it will be, but because you have to, to announce your injuries on Wednesday. Yep. Well, presumably for fantasy football players. <laughs> I, that's mainly why most people are upset about it. But it also changes yeah. your game plan, right? Like you're preparing for a certain player. And yeah, obviously the game would be easier to not play against Joe Burrow, but if you he already know that going in, you're Jake Browning's. I guess the point is that, like, if you know that your quarterback can't play, and your opponent, uh, your opponents know that, they're going to plan for your backup. If you send your starter out there, they're going to plan for your start. You get the idea. Like, it, it changes the strategy. And that's why the NFL requires you to list players on the injured list. Like, that's what it's for. But Ravens win. Ravens still the top, or I shouldn't say still. They are now the top of the AFC North. Bengals are in the bottom, and I think they are probably going to stay there based on the, just their injury situation. Because the very next game on the list, Steelers and Browns, and Browns took care of the Steelers. Browns are 5-1 and one at home, which is annoying. Um, another quarterback situation here with no Deshaun Watson. So that's a problem. Dorian Matt Thompson, Canada got fired today as well. Dorian Thompson Robinson, DTR. A whole lot of names. Hell of a lot of names. Your quarterback Huge autograph. You get that guy's autograph? Fucking. No, it's probably just a little scribble because he knows and he was sick of it. So he's probably. Yeah, he just probably puts DTR for sure. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, also Matt Canada finally got let go by the, by the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, today. I feel kind of feel bad for the guy, but I don't at the same time because the Steelers, so whatever. Oh, Canada <laughs> to the uh, unemployment line. <laughs> Lions and Bears. This was so close. I don't understand Dude. what happened here. Justin Fields looked good. Yeah, Justin Fields is back, baby. And DJ Moore had a hell of a game as well. Yep. And the Lions managed to win the game by scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I think it was like they the last 17... eight minutes, wasn't it? It was like, like the last play of the game. Yeah. Game-winning touchdown. That's not what you want to see from the Lions. It's This is a crazy year in the NFL. Like You, you look at a team like the Lions who are at the top of the NFC North and they're running away with it and you're thinking... They're probably a Super Bowl contender. And then they play the Bears and almost lose the game. And you're like, okay, if that's the case, 
you don't have a chance against Philadelphia or Kansas City, right? You don't think? But who knows, man? That's why they play the games. That's what they say, I guess. Packers, Chargers. Uh, I don't care about these teams. No one does. They're all good. Moving on. (laughs) Uh, Dolphins, Raiders. Dolphins, I don't know what to think about sometimes. I mean, this now... Okay, so here's one thing to keep an eye on. Dolphins are now 5-0 at home. So, 7-3 record doesn't look great, but... If you're All sub 500, home, they've taken care of business. If you're sub 500, you're you're fodder for the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, but looking at that division, I think the Dolphins still have that one in hand because that division looks a little rough right now. And their schedule we'll looks get to that in a second. Relatively easy. Yeah. Giants or Commanders? I think we all kind of saw that one. No, we huh? didn't. I, I... <laughs> What Tony uh, DeVito? Look, both of those teams are just such a tire fire right now that it's kind of hard to predict what you're going to see on any given day with these teams. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I avoided that one like the plague on my bet. On my bet yeah, I, I still like Sam Howell for the Mandy's. Like, I think he he had a real good run into the end zone. Um, yeah, but three interceptions though. <laughs> also true. Um, yeah. What about like what about Saquon? turning the jets on again man he had a couple runs where he was like off to the races but i feel bad for saquon to be honest with you i think he is probably one of the best running backs in the league i feel bad for fucking daniel jones like they won that game but if they keep losing they're gonna draft a quarterback (laughs) and poor danny dimes isn't gonna get to say in his own fucking job (laughs) that's pro sports though you don't perform you don't perform get the fuck out well he's hurt I mean, he wasn't performing before he was hurt. Also way. true. <laughs> Cowboys and Panthers. Panthers now are one in nine on the season, and they are knocking at the door of being the worst team in the NFL right now. If you're I the Panthers, watch- <laughs> I was watching oh, Red God. Zone, and every time I know it's the point of like it goes to scoring plays, but they didn't even go to like, oh, looks like the Cowboys are in the end zone. It was just like. Oh, they were picked off. Pick six. Oh, they scored. Like there was, it was just a score every time. Like they were never in the end zone or red zone. They were just scoring. If you're the Panthers, one, you know you're not going to be taking a quarterback, so you probably trade down a little bit to get some assets to help you. But the, I think the Bears have that pick. What? I think the Bears have that pick in the DJ Moore trade, or did the did, did it go they? the other way? I thought it went the other way. I got to look that Keep up. Keep going. I'll look it up. Either way. Um, also, if you're the Panthers, you're kind of like looking over at CJ Stroud and you're like, fuck. <laughs> a little bit. Because as of now, if you have to pick between Young or Stroud, you're taking Stroud. Oh, yeah. Just saying. So. I don't even know what the Panthers need at this point. I thought they would be much improved with Miles Sanders. And, you know, Adam Thielen's having a pretty good season. But, like, it's just not there. Like, it's just not there. So, on October 20th, 2022, the Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers for four picks, including a second, third, and fourth rounder in 2023, which they've already used, and a fourth rounder in 2024. So, their fourth, their 2024 picks include their own second, their own third, their own fourth, San Francisco's fifth, Tennessee's fifth, Arizona's sixth. So, they don't have their first. 
Oh, so then the Bears have it. Yeah, they sure do. So the Bears are going to be drafting a quarterback. <laughs> I I don't think this two-game spurt of Justin Fields is going to be enough to or back half of this season that I just if you're what the if Bears, he runs I, the table, not like runs the tables and wins every game, but what if he plays solid enough? Like to give you do you think the Bears trade that pick? No. It's crazy to look at the so the actual trade. Uh, the first rounder went to Chicago in the March 10th, 2023 deal, which netted them the number one overall pick in 2023. So that was the Bryce Young pick. The Panthers sent their own first round pick, ninth overall in that draft in 2023. A late second rounder, their 2024 first round pick, their 2025 second round pick, and wide receiver DJ Moore. Jesus. <laughs> that was... They could use DJ Moore package. right now. They can use a lot of things right now. That's they can the thing use Bryce is, Young right now. Like that would be <laughs> ideal. They can well, use him that, to show up. That's that's the thing, right, though, is if they had kept that, they probably could have gotten another really solid quarterback and kept a good receiver. Well, sure, but I guess you don't ever expect that. I was gonna say you don't expect Bryce Young to be not this great, but I mean, it's every indication one. every indication told you that Bryce Young was gonna be good. Yeah. So. And it's whether you're one okay, on a bad team, I'll hold off and I'll get a, a quarterback in the top 10. My that ninth pick will the same thing could have happened, but I guess you still have DJ Moore. So I, I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Titans and Jags, Tony Khan's Jags, uh, pulled out the picture over the Titans. The Titans look like dog shit. Um, I think they really should have explored trading, um, Derrick Henry. I don't, I don't understand what exactly they're hanging on to him for. Especially when you have Tajay Spears that you want to groom into a yeah. top-tier running back. I, I do still like Will Levis's composure. He threw two more touchdowns. I think I think he's still solid. I don't think they expected him to start it all this year with Ryan Tannehill being out. I think, I think there's something to Will Levis in Tennessee. And it worked out again. I've been consistently telling you to bet against the Cardinals, especially when they're on the road, and it worked Sheesh. out again. Uh, the Close, though. Cardinals are now 0-6 on the road um, against the Houston Texans. Look, CJ Stroud does it again. Yeah, interception machine, though, that game. Both both guys. Three interceptions. Well, yeah, that's not ideal. <laughs> and how many Kyler Murray throw? Two? How many interceptions did Kyler? I don't think he threw yeah. any interceptions. Oh, did he? Either. No? I thought he did. I will look it up right now. I think Stroud threw two in the you. fourth quarter. He threw, he threw one interception. I think Stroud threw two in the fourth quarter, which is, listen, still gets it done, though. And Tank Dell, my boy. Tank Dell. I've taken him two over. two weeks in a row. I've taken Tank Dell on my parlay to score a touchdown. I don't know if he did it last week because my ticket never wins, but I know he did it this, <laughs> this week because he was not one of the guys who did not score for me. 49ers beat the Bucks, much like James told you would happen. Blech. Yeah, not a, not a game anyone necessarily wants to watch unless you're from San Francisco. Then here's the one I wanted to talk about the most. You know, I was uh, mentioned earlier about the Miami Dolphins sitting at 7-3 and three and how they're running away with this division right now. Because the other two... I guess the other two top teams in this division, unfortunately, are the Bills and the Jets. And we saw the Bills play a football game. And the score was 
I don't know what exactly uh, the New York Jets were doing on that field. That I'm six sure was, was also football. a touchdown by Brees Hall, by the way. And they went for a two-point conversion and did not convert. And that was all the scoring that he saw from the New York Jets. And so much so, like the game was was rough. And there was, there was times where, um, who was it now? It was, oh, it was Garrett Wilson, who was just slicing and dicing defensive backs wide fucking open and no throw or miss throw or under throw. And he was just like, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I have said this consistently on this show, mainly just to annoy the two of you, but I consistently say that Zach Wilson ain't it. I and think look, I know. I, I think know. it's time of death. <laughs> um, they weren't planning on Zach Wilson being the starting quarterback this season. I know Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be starting quarterback. He's supposed to nurture and develop Zach along the way and hopefully hand off the team to Zach next year or the year after whenever Aaron Rodgers decides to sail into the sunset and go into his cave. But the Jets have officially announced that Tim Boyle is going to be starting their next game. Who? There it is. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I think we all were. Uh, yeah. Timmy Boyle is going to be starting for the next Jets in DH their gate next matchup. And you know their next matchup is on Friday. Against the Dolphins. Black Friday game on Amazon. Um, Black Friday, which I am very happy they're doing. I forgot that was a thing until I read the news that Tim Boyle is going to start on Friday. I'm like, say what? The, <laughs> He's going to what? I go back to the conversation we had about and didn't they not sign Trevor Simeon? Yep. They did. Sure. What does that say about Trevor Simeon? <laughs> um, Old and busted. I, I look at, you know, what was Josh Dobbs traded for? Like a third round not pick. A not a lot. I'm pretty you sure know, it was like a third rounder. I, I even think about how the Dallas Cowboys traded for Trey Lance as an insurance policy. And I get that, like, Jesus we talked about. ass on the bench and did nothing with him. And, like, well, I mean, Wilson was supposed to be the Rodgers insurance policy, only we're finding out that that insurance policy doesn't cover anything. Um, it's It's so, you know, like, I kind of oftentimes think about how the Jets have failed quarterbacks previously. Like, they failed Geno, right? Like, Geno doing perfectly okay in Seattle. They failed Sam Darnold. And I don't know well, that they failed Zach. Most egregiously, they failed a Super Bowl MVP in Joe Flacco. I was going to say Aaron Rodgers by not providing him an O-line. Here's the thing, though. Did you know that the Jets are on their 14th like O-lineman this year or something crazy like that? Oh, like yeah. they're it's fucking stupid. And they have fucking 39-year-old Dwayne Brown on the O-line. You know? Like, I, Rodgers can throw a football at 40, sure. I don't know that he can block for the rest of the league. So, I right don't know. Right now, the, the depth chart for Friday has Zach Wilson listed as the third-string quarterback. So, you're Tim Boyle and then Trevor Simeon. So, they are... They're done. Like, they, they're... At well... Least, 
the perception is right now for the rest of this season, it looks like it's or it's Tim Boyle. You're until looking for. You're thinking Aaron this Rogers offense is back. is a completed pass away from being enough to hold you to wild card contention to when you know Aaron Rodgers thinks he can come back, right? Like that's that's the the big story is can they can they stay in the mix i don't know i mean they arguably they're a couple throws away from from being in the mix in a lot of these games the chargers game was ty conklin dropping the ball the uh, the patriots game arguably they could have won you know they could have two, at least two extra wins there. They should have. They should have beat the Raiders. I just think it's when you have guys like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, and you're not giving them the ball consistently. It's not good. Well, that I also it's not necessarily giving them the ball. It's not being able to get them the ball. I think there's different things there. Of like, we're trying, <laughs> but unfortunately, we're not capable. Yeah. I also don't think they the wide receiver depth chart is as lucrative or talent laden as we thought it was. I think they probably could have used Corey Davis, which is unfortunate that, you know, well, listen, Alan Lazard has been not the best. <clears throat> Lazard was only there for Aaron Rodgers. Randall Cobb Same is 110. Cobb. Yeah. So it's Garrett Wilson and then who? Oh yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, next year it'll be Devonte Adams, and all will be all will be right with the world. So, hmm. you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I'm well, holding we on, on. Um, for next year. Rams and Seahawks. Rams over the Seahawks. Great. Um, <laughs> the only thing really of note here is that DK Metcalf showed up for the first time in a month, um, right on cue of me dropping him. Like he literally heard the sound of me dropping him off my roster. And he decided to get up off the bench. Yep. It's lovely to see Broncos over the Vikings. I don't know if that was expected by many people just because I think everyone loves the Dobbs story and they're starting to buy into the Vikings a little bit. And then you realize, yeah, they're still the Vikings. They're not great. Well, the Broncos are like Russell Wilson has looked pretty good. The last three. Yeah. You see, he started uh, Mr. Unlimited started to uh, pick it up a little bit. Mr. Unlimited has now won four games in a row. Ooh. They beat the Packers, the Chiefs, the Bills, and now the Vikings. And now they get the Ooh. Browns coming up next. That's, dude, Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings. No and it was like It was handily against the Chiefs, too, right? Like It wasn't like they yeah. snuck out a win. They, they fucked up the Chiefs. So there's something happening there in Denver. I don't know if I'm going to credit it to Mr. Unlimited, but like, there's something yeah. happening there. In I'm not crowning him yet, but... No. Um, Justin Jefferson, I don't know if you saw that, but like, it sounds like he's almost ready to come back. So that definitely will help the Vikings. But there's that quote earlier this earlier today going around of him saying, I don't care about your fancy football team. Like, I'm going to come back when I'm healthy. Because <laughs> he's been getting like, a whole ton of messages yeah. in his DMs from fans of like, That's yo, <laughs> you come back now, please. Good. <laughs> I mean, especially in a sport like football, where I'm sure they get so much bullshit from yep. crazy fantasy football people. Like, For don't sure. get me wrong, I like fantasy football and I enjoy it, but that I'm was, not nutty <laughs> enough to DM a dude. That was Mike McDaniel. Did you see that? They're like, "Do you think uh, a Chan is going to be out for whatever?" And he's like, 
Do you play fantasy football, sir? <laughs> yeah, Mike they, McDaniel they is they my favorite coach. I like. I don't like. He's he's hilarious. I love that guy. He's like the nerdy cool guy where it's like he's such a nerd and a dork, but he's got kind of like a swagger Swag. that you just yeah. can't help but buy yeah. into and be like, yeah, you're a good dude. Yeah. And then Monday night we had the Kelsey Bowl, and the Chiefs did not win the Kelsey Bowl. And no, it's not that they didn't win it. It's Scantlin lost it. Perhaps. No, that, that that was almost as bad as Tony in game one dropping the ball. Like, it was wide open. It was in his hands in the end zone. And he's just like, what the shit is this? This, of course, also a rematch of the Super Bowl. And does this give you more confidence in that the Eagles can get it done this year? Yep. Yeah, they're I nine. Do. They're nine and one. They were able to hold the Chiefs down a little bit. They were able to still put up, you know, numbers. And Jalen Hurts is still being Jalen Hurts and scoring touchdowns. I just think like the Chief. Two things: one, the Chiefs, I think, regressed a little bit. They have no wide receivers. And two, Travis Kelsey needs to decide if he wants to be Taylor Swift's boyfriend or if he wants to be a tight end for the. Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, he still scored a touchdown in this game. <laughs> like, come on, man. He's having arguably the most down season of his career. Yes, yeah, but he's she older. changed the lyrics of one of her songs for him. Oh, great. But yes, he's 34 years old. Yes, he's getting older. He's taken a lot of hits. He's played a lot of football over the past, you know, four or five years. But in saying that, it also doesn't help when you're 35 years old and taking a lot of hits and played a lot of football over the post four or five past four or five years and flying to Argentina, then flying to Brazil and flying all over the place instead of being like, you know what? I, I got to chill and rest and do what I got to do to be ready for Sunday. I'm going to say that Deandre Swift has added an element to the Eagles that has made them significantly more dynamic. Yeah. I haven't really seen someone like that on the Eagles since like Shady McCoy, right? Like it's been a while since they've had that extra offensive weapon. Um, yeah, I, I think easy for us to say for the nine and one team in the NFL. But yes, they look like they are the Super Bowl uh, favorite right now. What are the odds on if you were to bet it now on the Eagles for the bowl? Uh, I could potentially look that up. I'm going to guess can... minus 120. Or plus, actually, mm. no, it'd be plus. It'd be plus, uh, Super plus 450. Bowl. Oh, plus 450. Plus 450 is the Chiefs, is what the I Eagle, see. No, the Eagles and them are both plus 450. Oh, yeah, it's right beside it. I can't see that because I'm blind. Yep, you're right. <laughs> no, I see it now. That's also just a huge white light. <laughs> yeah, your phone is not helping me, but yes, I, I see it now. Plus 450. I still actually have uh, five bucks down the Chiefs. Oh. Back when, I don't even remember what the odds were when I first made that. I suppose I can just literally click on my account right now find out but nevertheless uh, that was my bet is currently just because the told taylor swift thing i was like this has got to be a, a thing that happens this year are you kidding me you're gonna have taylor swift at the super bowl you have to have taylor swift he wins the, the mvp they hand her the trophy. fucking break they hand her a wwe title belt oh <laughs> love it. it says 1989 on it oh man a 1989 version of the wwe championship <laughs> get like the the old hogan one yeah that'd be funny that's something here Sweet tag up. And hopefully we have another winning parlay for you. Because as you know, every week we pick what we think is going to be a winner for you. And 
like I said, 11 straight weeks, I have not led you astray. The only catch is that we cannot pick the same team twice. And even though I would love to continue to bet against the Cardinals each and every week, um, or I guess the Panthers is also a great team to bet against each and every week, we have to mix it up just enough so we can't continue to uh, tell you such things. I am going to go with a Thanksgiving game. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers over the Seattle Seahawks. The 49ers are away, but they're favored by seven. The Seahawks are in shambles right now, especially with the question mark of Geno Smith. And the 49ers, I think, are fine. Purdy has looked shaky at times. They still got Christian McCaffrey. They are still going to be totally fine. And I don't know if Walker's going to play either. The Seahawks are in trouble. And having to turn around from... Sunday to Thursday is always a problem. And when you're dealing with injuries, it's an even bigger problem. So that's why I'm going with the 49ers over the Seahawks. James. Panthers are trash. So we'll go with the Titans. <laughs> that's <laughs> always a good idea. I literally just mentioned it in the intro. They are one and nine for a reason. Titans are at home. They're a four point favorite. Keep an eye out for like, I don't know what the prop bet is. I would look at DeAndre Hopkins. It seems that Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins have found some sort of chemistry. So I don't know what the yardage for DeAndre would be, but against this Panthers defense, which is suspect, I would look at uh, what his prop would be for yards. I don't think that's available right. Yeah, well, we got to wait till Wednesday. Yeah. I literally just clicked on it and didn't come up. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's available right now. Maddie, last pick to you. I think I'm going to take a page out of Dustin's book and I'm going to take the Rams over the Cardinals. (laughs) (laughs) It's never a horrible idea to bet against the Cardinals. I know there's been some changes, obviously, that uh, Connor has returned from injury and Kyler has returned from injury. But the Rams are actually dogs Dogs in this one. Yeah, but the Rams are good. Like, let's not forget that I know they've had issues and the record isn't great, but the Rams are still a pretty good fucking football team. So, yep. Rams over the cards, locked in. We'll see how that goes. If you were to be crazy enough to take our betting advice, which you should not do, do not take our advice as real advice. But uh, sponsor us anyway, Kendall. But if you were and you threw five bucks on that, you'd earn yourself $14.80, mainly because of Maddie's, it was Maddie's dog pick that did it. Yeah. But I like it. Dog away dogs. Not a bad pick. I'm, I'm just gonna, yeah, we're just gonna, yeah, click on that and click on that. All right. I love watching you type live because I see your mistakes and the backtracking and the retyping. And- oh, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that. If only people saw this ridiculous document that I type in throughout the show, you'll see how poor it's my- got a rustic feel to it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have the best uh, typing skills. That's for sure. Ten words per minute. Well, with that being said, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it is the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music. And you don't get to hear that very often anywhere else. Unless you uh, are the type of person who got... (laughs) I've had some people tell me, like, you know, I get Maven videos recommended to me on YouTube now because of this fucking show. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maven's probably a keyword for us, like uh, SEO. Like you, <laughs> you yeah. search Maven, this podcast comes up. Did you? I saw a video of him and Matt Cardona, and I guess they were at a GCW show, which was next to like a WWE event, and they're talking, and then the Miz walks by, and they go, "That guy didn't win t- tough enough, did he?" Which is really funny, and the Miz gives them a dirty look, which is hilarious. I look at I look at Maven, and I'm just like, is this like a uh, default Skyrim? oblivion like <laughs> character right. creator where like when you start blank slate yeah it's you start the game and they're like all right create your character it's as, as if you just said nah skip i'll just take the default and that's yeah, hold on there's a you guys go ahead but there's a funny thing for like dark souls and shit like that that would be funny um go ahead you i'll start um as james mentioned i watched AEW Full Gear this past weekend, which I begrudgingly did so. But, arr, so whatever. <laughs> um, one of my highlights, by far, was the entrance for Swerve Strickland. And like you're saying, James, like this guy's a fucking star. I am not going to give my shout-out to Swerve Strickland, though. My shout-out... Prince Nana. <laughs> just a fucking Prince Nana. This motherfucker. Like, you guys... Maddie, you were here. You were there too, man. You were in Section C, back in the Ted Reeve Arena days for Ring of Honor. Yeah. And we started even, the Section C chant. I, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, even back then, Prince Nana was awesome, and yeah, yeah. like the embassy and, has always like, been the coolest concept. Like, there was always just a bunch of guys I didn't even give a shit about, but Prince Nana was awesome, and he like, in terms of wrestling, like just disappeared for a while. And then reemerged in AEW maybe a year ago or so. And this whole thing with him and Swerve right now where he does this dance on the way to the ring. And away from the camera so, <laughs> every once in a while. It's amazing. It's just so yeah. perfect. And they have the backup dancers doing it with yeah. him. He just adds so much to this presentation. I just And because think Swerve's is, so serious. Yes. Right? Yeah, like he doesn't even sell it. It's all you know what it's like? You know what it reminds me of? Mike Tyson and Don King. Like right, Don King okay. was wild and out there. And and Tyson was always this very like serious, like, but he had like the, you know, I'm gonna eat your heart, eat your children. Like the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he, but Strickland is serious and you have this silly backdrop of Prince Nana. It, it, it's very Paul Heyman esque too, actually. Yeah, I could see that comparison for sure. So yeah, my shout out goes to Prince Nana, who is just killing it right now, and he makes AEW far more entertaining than it currently is. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, to be honest, I don't really have one entirely prepared. Um, so I'm going to give my shout out to, uh, you know what? I'm going to give my shout out to Mike McDaniel because I love that dude's press conferences. Uh, I love when he does like the running away from the camera into like the the tunnel at halftime to get away from the camera. Like that shit's funny, and I think I I, I like that in in the guy because like I like to fuck with people too. So watching that dude fuck with people like reporters and stuff, he just says the the funniest weirdest shit. And it's always so dry. Um, <laughs> I, I think some people are probably like, is this guy serious? But now that you know him, you know that he isn't. And you know what? That dude had a huge huge alcoholism problem that's been documented a lot this year and he's been very open about it and he's overcome it like he 
He would show up to practice facilities hammered. He was let go of jobs in the NFL. And it, took, it was a long road to get back. So the fact that he's here, he's not only hilarious, but having success and stability with the Dolphins is actually pretty massive. So yeah, shout out Mike McDaniel. I like how that went from an unprepared one into like a really solid, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it had a foundation after. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. The joke I was going to say is, is in Elden Ring and Dark Souls and Souls type games done by FromSoft, there's always like starting classes that you have to pick, which are like stat weighted. So there would be like the hero, which has higher vigor, lower mind and things like that. And there's the bandit, the astrologer. Anyway, there's one in Dark Souls that's called the deprived. And one in Elden Ring called the Wretch, where it's just a person with no clothes, just a loincloth, and it looks like Maven. So I I dropped it into general what oh like the, the art is for it, <laughs> and you could totally see Maven just being the deprived. Yeah, I can see that. Looks like Maven slash Josh Dobbs. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who, honestly, funny side note, apparently Jada Pinkett is calling out Josh Dobbs wanting to see proof he has alopecia because she doesn't believe him. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> she's like, I, she's like, you know, anyone can go and do this and do this and say this. I want to see proof. And I'm just like, go fuck Stop yourself. it. It's like, get some help. <laughs> yep. It's like she's the gatekeeper of a disease. Could you imagine, <laughs> imagine gatekeeping a disease? <laughs> do you you really don't have actually care Let about me... this. You, Let you me see t- your cancer diagnosis. Yeah. Tell me about your, tell me about the disease's first album. <laughs> it's like Jerry Seinfeld uh, in that episode where what's his face Watley becomes uh, oh yeah like, the Jewish Judaism. just for the jokes for the jokes <laughs> and this offends you as a Jew no it offends me the comedian <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very similar to that but yeah. um, I digress my shout out goes to Dave Filoni for those who Ooh. know Dave Filoni uh, created Star Wars Rebels created Star Wars Clone Wars. Um, worked on ahsoka or created ahsoka the show and worked on the mandalorian he was essentially george lucas's protege and then created a lot of some of the biggest iconic awesome moments in recent star wars memory that dude just took on a new role today no longer is he just a guy that works at lucasfilm and gets brought in to help with stuff he is now the creative exec or the executive creative officer the chief creative creative, officer yeah chief creative officer there you go overseeing creative evolve star wars which as a fan and as a the dude who like looking at everything he's done has really made like lasting impacts on star wars and not just ones where you're like uh, i didn't really like that like really awesome things i am very hyped and you know well deserved for that dude yeah good he unified. was basically just given the keys to the galaxy yeah yeah very and I, good unified mind to take star wars in a stable direction Exactly. And I don't know, you know, what led to this. I mean, you know what led to this just because of all of the work that he's done and his knowledge and his love for the product. But I think it just shows that uh, Disney has seen what has gone on with that product lately in terms of the chaos that is around like, oh, this guy's doing this movie, but this dude person's doing this movie and we're also doing this show and this and, and everything's kind of jumbled that I think this really kind of cements it. Um Essentially, Favreau is like their Feige, and now he's just kind of with just half a step below that in terms of Disney. And I mean, Kathleen Kennedy can get the fuck out, but whatever. <laughs> good, big shout out for Dave Filoni because I think it's only good things to have him in that position. And shout out to all of you for tuning into another episode of 43.6.
We'll see you next week. And until then, help control the pet population. Have your pets. Bait or neutered. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at the wrong button. See you later, everybody. We do it again. We do it again. We'll do it again. Next week. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.